Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, 
Um, just, you know, just some music, uh, hopefully, that, um, you know, people put out to, to make you think. So um, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, it's always my my goal, my wish, uh, you know, that you enjoy the songs that I pick. But they do have a little rhyme and reason to them tonight. So, like I said, without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into our first break. And then on the outside of it, we will talk about it. Championship weekend. It's over. And then there were two. Oh, yeah. We got a lot to talk about. You already know. It is LL Sports 2 with TJ. Let's get it. Here come the drums. Going on. I know where from that comes 
interception, mixing 21 rushes of 88 yards. This is the Bengals' third Super Bowl in franchise history, their first since 1988. Team only won four games last season, only had two winning, uh, two games won the season before that. They tied the largest comeback win in championship game history. They trailed 21-3 to in this game. And the Bengals, they outscored the Chiefs 17-3 to in the second half of the final uh, in the final fourth quarter and overtime in the championship game. They also outscored the Chiefs 17-3 to in the second half of Week 17. For Mahomes, he was 26 of 39, 275 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. No team has won back-to-back overtime games in postseason history. Remember, the Chiefs beat the Bills in overtime in the divisional game, so this, that record still stands. No team has gone back-to-back uh, winning games in overtime. For the Chiefs, they have failed to advance to their third straight Super Bowl. Uh, for Mahomes, his first career loss when leading by 15-plus points in a game. This does include the playoffs. He now has a 37-1 and record. Mahomes, two interceptions versus the Bengals. He only had one interception in eight previous home game playoff starts. Um, so, ladies, uh, my question. The most surprising thing about the Bengals winning this game is... And I want you to fill in the blank. I'll ask the question again. The most surprising thing about the Bengals winning this game is what, Terry? We'll have you go first. That they actually won the game with, you know, how they played. Um, yeah. Because if you look at the game, they really, um, it was like pit for tat. Like, I think the first, they didn't score until maybe the second quarter. Uh-huh. Um, I think they got a um, field goal, and then after that they got a touchdown. Then back to the field goal, it was just like they were just putting, you know, little pieces of the puzzle together, and then they finally made it. Wow. It, it was it's such a great – I mean, when I think back on it, I've watched it once um, since, since uh, Sunday. But, uh, okay, all right. Uh, and, Luke, the most surprising thing about the Bengals winning this game is them coming back from an 18-point deficit. Wow. Okay. I did not think when I because I didn't see the game and I'm still trying to find it. I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna get to see it because I was I was out on Sunday and um you too. and I didn't see it but but I saw the uh um you know the score because when I saw the score they were, it was 10 and 21 so I just knew the Chiefs had this hmm. and then I looked up and it was 24 to 24. I said what? And my and I called my friend out of state, and he was telling me that the Bengals had won, and I'm still looking at twenty four twenty four. I said, "What?" <laughs> so that that just surprised me for them to come back, and it's just like they was just so focused. That little kid was so focused from from what I've read and stuff. I still haven't seen it. I want to see the game. I really do. I saw the uh, saw you guys' game, but I didn't see theirs. But it was oh, okay. eighteen point oh, okay. That was that was that was deep. It, it really was a good game, and it was so funny because, you know, of course, we were at the sports bar watching it, and when it was 321, everybody was like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs got this, and da, da, da. and I'm like, man, I wanted a good game. You know, you don't want the championship game to be a blowout. So it was like as the Bengals were coming back, I was cheering, and, you know, all of my homeboys are, are still a fan, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cheering because I want a good game. I don't care what y'all are talking about. It's divisional, but whatever. I want to see a good game. <laughs> But as they were coming back, I was just so ecstatic for, for the Bengals. And, you know, one thing about the Bengals, they have been consistent pretty much all season. 
You know, it seemed like every time we mm-hmm. picked the Bengals, win, they would lose. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. 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 What? be the game. You go back to that. Go ahead. That was me. Didn't I tell you that uh, we might see them? Didn't I tell you, TJ, that we would probably see them? But you were saying, well, who who do they want to see in the Super Bowl? And I said, don't be surprised if if little if the little Burroughs would be. And I remember I told you that it well, just couldn't happen because the way that boy was playing. You said it. You did say that. Yeah. I and mean, look at yeah. him. It is. You know, and. And when we were talking about, um, I think somebody posed a question on, on the timeline last week, you know, who 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 do we think that, you know, the NFL wants to see in the, in the um, Super Bowl and then who do we think will be in the Super Bowl? And was it ain't, ain't Lou, you said the Bengals. I think you mentioned yes, the Bengals. Yes, I did. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you I know, I do. the Bengals in the 49ers. So that you know the Bengals would be a good draw, or 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 um, not a good draw, but a high watch game. But to watch the Bengals, I mean, they are exciting. I, I have to they they are. I mean, they <laughs> are exciting to watch, and I do think that they will be a formidable opponent. They beat the Chiefs now twice. Um, you know, Chiefs supposed to be the, the the you know the cream of the crop in the AFC, one of the teams, you know, in the cream of the crop. But the Bengals, they they have punched their ticket. Um, to be mentioned in up there in, in the top top tier of, of the AFC. I'm just so excited for them. And for me, the most surprising thing about the Bengals winning the game is that they won it in overtime. I mean, let's be real. Yep. Now, I know, I know you didn't watch the game, but, Terry, did you watch the game live? I No, I just saw the last quarter, the end of the last quarter. Okay, so the fourth quarter or overtime? Fourth quarter. Okay, so did you see it though going in overtime? No, I didn't see. I didn't see the. Uh, well, I guess I did. I saw part of the overtime when they did the um, when they did the interception. When my home okay. did the interception, that was that right there. That interception um, okay. won the game. Okay. All right. Well, my, since I, I said that because everybody, I, I would have to say ninety nine point nine percent, even uh, Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> included in that. When the Chiefs won the toss, it was like it was a wrap. We already knew. I had a feeling that I had a feeling that the Chiefs would pull it out in overtime. I really did. But it was just good to see the, the Bengals not give up. But when they won the, the, the coin toss, I was like, oh, man, you know, Burrow's going to have to go out. And then it was two back-to-back plays. Um, Mahomes, I, I really feel like the Chiefs were just arrogant. They really didn't think that they could lose this game. And the, the throws that Mahomes was making, I'm like, really? You just don't respect that defense at all. And the Bengals went and, and intercepted that ball. I was like, the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. As soon as they intercepted the ball, I yep. knew it. I knew it was over. What is going on in Cincinnati? <laughs> Cincinnati, did, Cincinnati, WKRP. Y'all remember that show? Yeah, oh, shout out to the Bengals. I mean, they they did it. They did it. Went from a four-game winning season last year, only winning two games the season before that, and they have punched their ticket to the Super Bowl. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. Make sure you press number one if you call in to talk to us. And let's go ahead and get to the NFC Championship game. Wow, what a game! Uh, Niners up yes. by 10. 
uh, going into the third quarter, in the third quarter, um, started off slow on both sides. I think there were nerves on both sides, uh, especially in that first drive. Um, Stafford and Garoppolo were their normal selves. Uh, let's, just, let's just call it what it is. They both made plays that you're like, why did you do that? Why would you do that? What what, what didn't you see <laughs> um, unfolding in that play? Um, but all in all, it was a great game. Uh, the Rams did take a throw to 2017. Stafford, he was 31 of 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Akers only had 48 uh, yards off of 13 rushes. Up, so 142 yards, two touchdowns off of 11 receptions, and Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr., 113 yards off of nine receptions. For Stafford, he is advancing to his first Super Bowl in his um, 13th NFL season. He is 3-0 and uh, with the Rams in the playoffs. Uh, he was 0-3 with the Lions. For Stafford, most career passing yards, 49,995 yards to make his first Super Bowl appearance. And the Rams, they advanced to Super Bowl 56, the second Super Bowl appearance for them in the last four seasons. Garoppolo, 16 of 30, 232 yards, two touchdowns, one interception for Samuel, seven rushes, uh, 26 yards, 72 yards off of four receptions, and a touchdown. Kittle, he also had 27 yards off of two receptions, and he had a touchdown. I pose the question, J.B. says, the Niners lost because Kyle and D'Amico failed to make in-game adjustments Plain and simple. So I did post this question on the timeline uh, before the show. I posed this question in my text. And ladies, hey, Marlon, what's going on with you? Uh, Mar- Marlon says, working late. Oh, hold on. Working late, so I can't call in, but some damn Niners are here to say tough team loss. No direct blame to anyone. We just didn't finish. Problem all season, starting from Detroit, allowing them back into the game. That is so true. Have a great show. Thank you so much, Marlon. That is our main fan from Silicon Valley. What's up, Squirrel? I see in the house, Jason Frederick. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this show. So um, I know I have my thoughts on it, and ladies, I know that you are impartial, so I pose the question to you that I pose to everyone on the timeline. My question, ladies, the 49ers lost this game because I want you to fill in the blank and lose. Start that one off for us. Uh, hold on one second. I said, um, yes, I think they lost because, to be honest with you, I haven't been hearing too much from your boy, Kittle. Kittle okay. has just been kind of silent, silent with me, and I know he's been playing, but it's just, he hasn't been doing a lot, mm-hmm. and I, but go, yeah, but, but but Jimmy G he, he played a part in it too though. You know what I mean? But I would say them as a team didn't rise to the occasion because I just can't blame one person. You know okay. what I mean? I just can't do that. But I would say mm-hmm. normally you hear more from Kittle in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, I just you know I just had to make my rhyme with that. But uh, but but Garabrio, like you say, there's times when he makes just stupid mistakes, and he he did that. Jimmy shouldn't have been doing it, like, you know, at that point. Because I really feel – so I just can't just blame it all on him because I know uh, one one of the uh, sports guys said that it was all his fault, you know, if they had a quarterback like like uh, the other team or like uh, Mahomes, then they would have went to the Super Bowl. But I mm-hmm. think it was just all Jimmy. I think it was it was it was a little of all of them to be honest with you. I mean, come on, you don't score at all in the fourth quarter. Who does that? You know. Yeah. So uh, that's my that's my take on. Okay. Um, 
pass, you think it was a total team loss and the fact that they well, didn't charge the Kittle as much. Yeah, Kittle, I would say, because I don't know all the team players like some of them, but you always hear about Kittle and stuff. Right. Him and then what's, what's the guy named uh, – is Odell oh. Beckham is on the other team, right? What's the other one? They kind of oh. uh, saluted each other, huh? So Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just I think if they all could have stepped it up, but because see, you just can't be playing though, no, and and that's where the Chiefs got in trouble too. I looked up there, they scored twenty one points, and then they got they you know then they you know somehow they got the other three, and then it was at twenty four but you just can't be going and not scoring you gotta keep even if you don't get get the get the touchdown and field goal, you at least should be trying for the three, you know what I mean, and it's like to, to not score at all, somebody's gonna be scoring, so you know so it would just make sense for you every time you get that ball to try to score get something. So it's not just Jimmy, but 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 the team as a whole, I think. Okay, great. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. Make sure you press number one if you do call in. Frederick says Debo didn't touch the ball in the final twelve minutes of the game. What's up, Reginald? In the house. Thank you so much. All right, Terry. I pose the question to you. San Francisco 49ers lost this game because? I am going to agree with Miss Lucinda. I just think it was a, um, a team effort. Um, and Devo Sanders, I mean, you know, he didn't touch the ball. You know, they didn't hit him with the ball as much as well as, you know, kill. Um, I think it was a team effort. And go Miss Lucinda. Go Michael A says Yes, she wrapped it up. <laughs> Michael A says Kyle's decision making in the fourth quarter once again hurt us. Didn't hardly play Debo in the fourth quarter. Plus his lack of aggressiveness in key moments hurt us too. Um uh everybody's wrapping it up pretty much in, in a nutshell. Um I I say missed opportunities. Whether it was on the defensive side of the ball um, or offense, um, just missed opportunities. Um, I do agree with the play calling. I think we lost St. Louis. So call us back and uh, jump back in here. Um, the play calling in in the second half. Um, one thing about Kyle Shanahan, and I I don't know if this is going to be the death of us. It's like he gets too conservative. I'm with you, Michael A. We were not progressive in the fourth quarter. And because aren't aware of and they're trying to trying to they keep it undercover. I, I just don't understand it, but whatever gets you to that point where you're seventeen seven, um you know, or seventeen uh we were what we were seventeen to ten whatever when we were down by when we had them up by ten points. Um this was a divisional matchup. Let's call it what it is. So, as we all know, with divisional games, everything goes out the window because you're seeing a team that you see consistently every single year. Um, I didn't want to harp on it. Oh, let me bring Aunt Lou back in. Aunt Lou, you with us? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Yeah. My okay. phone dropped, but I'm here. Okay. 
um, you know, I, I didn't want because I wanted this to be the year that, you know, that, that we broke that, that, that record or whatever. Um, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to be the team three times in one season. And I was telling everybody, I didn't want to see the Rams in the, in the championship. Uh, but we could have won. We definitely could have won this game. Uh, 49er fans, they showed up once again in SoFi. Um, and again, we went up 17 to 7. I think what it took to the second quarter for anybody to score, um, Jimmy and and Stafford, um, Matt Stafford, they were throwing balls to the other team. <laughs> um, you know, Jimmy missed again a, a wide open kittle. Um, but then he made some, some terrific throws. So I can't say it was Jimmy in, in this instance. But what I will say, and they made this comparison, I think it was good morning football. You can have a consistent quarterback. You can have a quarterback that the team loves, that they will rally around, that his teammates admire him, that they will back him, that they will fight for him. Um, you can have a quarterback that's just an all-around great guy. But if he cannot finish, what good is it to the team? And you know, I, people always say, "Well, if you're bashing your 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 um, you know, the players on the team, and you know, you're not loyal, you're not you know, a diehard fan." I refuse to believe that because I think that's what makes the world go around. You have those those fans that are just kind of single-minded, one-minded, and you know, everything. You know, if it's, if it's not good, then, okay, well, I'm not going to talk about the bad. I don't, I, I've never believed in that, that recipe. I call it how I see it. Jimmy Garoppolo has never given me the confidence in fourth-quarter situations when the game is on the line that he will always come through. I'm not saying that he has to be a Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that he has to be an Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that he has to be a Ben Roethlisberger. But what I do have to have is confidence in my quarterback that he can at least make it happen. And I want all the 49er fans to be real with themselves and ask themselves, how confident are you on a scale from 1 to 10 when it gets to fourth quarter, two minutes left, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make, get, it, get it done? Or is it, Jimmy, please just don't mess it up. Just ask yourself, I just want you to be real. You might, you might say, Jimmy can do it. He'll, he'll get it done. Ten out of ten times. Then that's your opinion. Um, Jimmy has never given me the confidence in those types of situations. Has he come through for us? Yes, he has. He has done it many times. Uh, well, I'm not going to say many times. Let me back up. He has done it quite a few times. I'll say that. But it just seems like in the times where we need it the most. Super Bowl, now the NFC Championship, and a couple of games where, you know, we probably should have won. His decision-making is questionable. It's like, live to see another day, Jimmy. That's all I say. Just live to see. I'm not putting this loss on Jimmy. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But his decision-making, I mean, it was. I know it was third and what, third and 13. We're back up against our own end zone. But, Jimmy, you cannot just throw that ball up there like that. You can't do that. Um, live to see another day. Give us an opportunity for the fourth down. But like I said, he made some great plays uh, throughout the game. We had the, we had the missed uh, interception by the Crossy Park. 
um, we had the referees. There were multiple, and I know of at least three, and two in the fourth quarter, one in the third quarter. The Los Angeles Rams should have been called for delay of game. They were blatant delay of game calls that were missed. But we always got ours on the 49er side. I think we had two um, in the third quarter, maybe had one in fourth. But there were three calls in the fourth, two calls in the fourth quarter, one in the third. The Rams blatantly did not get the ball off, and they never got the delay of game. As a matter of fact, um, Troy Aikman said it. He said, that, yeah, the referees have been very lenient. Um, you know, in regards to the delay of uh, delay of game penalties, that was a factor. But you can't tell me you add five five yards that that can totally change the game plan for for the Rams. Um, our defense defensive scheme they were questionable at times. Uh, again, Jimmy's decision making. He only had what the one interception. Jimmy probably should have been picked off about three times. But again, it was a team loss. I do believe it was poor play calling. And I think that, you know, little uh, little brother, as in Sean McVay, got the best of, of um, Kyle Shanahan in this game in a row. But I tell you what, I would have rather lost in the regular season than to lose this game right here. But um, it was a good game. I, that's really all I can say. You know, I'm a, I'm a component of always asking the question, would you rather lose by, you know, three Two, one, or would you rather get blown out? I think in this this I probably would have rather gotten blown out. <laughs> I'm going back on my word for this one game to be so close. Um, but again, it, it just wasn't our year. Is it because the Rams can now play in their home stadium like the Bucks did last year? I don't know. Is that the storyline? Is the storyline Matthew Stafford, 13, you know, years in the league, and now he finally makes his first, you know, uh, Super Bowl. Everybody counting OBJ out, you know, talking about him saying. You know, he's not the player that he is. Now he gets an opportunity to sign in the Super Bowl. Von Miller thought that his career was, you know, um, he was going down, you know, in his career. Now he gets a resurgence playing with Aaron Donald. But well, God doggone it, my players, they deserve the Super Bowl ring too. But I can't cry over still milk. Um, again, just a, just a wonderful <laughs> game. I, I can't. I know I'm probably rambling at this point, but my goodness. I still got my balloon. My balloon still has air in it, just as I do. Um, but man, that was that was a tough loss. It really was. But uh, so I say missed opportunities. That is why we lost the game. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. Reginald says he Jim lost me Tennessee. Game okay, he Jimmy Garoppolo lost me Tennessee game. I'll give him six stars on a scale of one to ten. Okay, so a little bit over. Hey, um, win the game for us. Um, Will says plus all the non-holding calls. Yeah, you know I, those those are hit and miss. You know the referees. It's like who, whatever uh, refereeing crew is playing or is is uh, refereeing the game. It's going to be a lot of holding penalties or they don't call any. But those delayed games, they were just blatant. Uh, let's see, Michael A., he says, Jimmy's problem is that he is inconsistent and sometimes he want to play hero ball and try to make something happen out of nothing. That has been his issue. Yeah, exactly. That is definitely, I, th- I think that's part of his issue. Um, I'm a firm believer that Jimmy cannot read defense. I'm sorry. Um, some of the plays, some of the throws that get rid of the ball, one, two, throw the ball. It's like, one, two, three, four. Let me uh, skedaddle in the back. Let me do a little um, uh, what is a double duck, 
in the back with my feet, and then I'll see the play on the uh, develop. Oh, let me throw the ball now. There's the defender. And more often times, Tina, time, not double dutch. Girl, do you see Jimmy? That's at the back end. It's back there sometimes. I'm like, don't stop moving if you don't get rid of the ball. But it's like the decision making sometimes. It's like, Jimmy, just get rid of the ball. Um, progression. It's like, I don't know if he's trying to look off where he's trying to go or if he really just, you know, he looks at one, he looks at two, okay, those two, but then he, by the time he looks at three, one's open back up, uh, but by the time he throws to three, two defenders are on three. Uh, his decision-making is that we will see of Jimmy. Um, I do wish him much, much success, but I just I need a little bit more consistency, and I need a quarterback that can just make my faith level go to an eight, nine, or ten when it's two minutes left in the fourth quarter, and all we need is three points to get down the field. That's just my personal opinion. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. Um, ladies, any, any anything else I want to talk about or uh, uh, anything you want to say about either one of the games from Sunday before we jump to a break? I can say, I said it was a good game, and then like you said, as far as the – uh, delay of games, I think it was like back-to-back, you know, that was just blatant. They they saw that. Um, but overall, it was a um, it was a good game. It was a good yeah. game. I uh, I think, like I said, it looked like it was exciting because I didn't even see the, the Chiefs. And still, I still want to see that, even mm-hmm. though they lost. But I wasn't just totally surprised, you know, because I told you Burroughs. When I started watching that boy, I've been watching him since we've been in the playoffs. But, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't watching him throughout the year. But he's fascinating. That little young kid is no, he's nothing to play with. And, you know, what I see with him, no fear. The boy yeah. has no fear. You know, he's just like, if, 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 why not me? You know what I mean? His attitude is like, why, why can't it be me? I can be just, just as good as the next person. And he, but, but he shows no, uh, you know, even if, if, if he's down or, you know, looking bad or whatever, he doesn't. He just looks. He just focuses. He stays focused. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has. He has um, earned the nickname Joe Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he is. They. They are. They call him yeah. Joe Cool. And you know what it is, Aunt Lou. Mm-hmm. Like he's been there before. You know, this is only mm-hmm. his second, first full year of playing, but he acts like he's been there right. before. The, the stage is never he's big. He's old soul. DJ, he's an old soul. Is what he is. Oh, yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. About, um, what was surprising for me, because in that Tennessee game, oh, my goodness, what was the nine sacks that they had against Joe Burrow in that game? And the yes. offensive line held up for Joe Burrow in this uh, AFC championship game. I was very impressed with them. Um, or, and also, Joe Burrow, talk about the two uh, Houdini escapes that he did out of the pocket. There were two clear um, it just automatically looked like that 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 he had on him, and he came up out of that uh, out of that pile rising like um, uh, <laughs> yes, he did. most out of the water. I don't know who I want to compare to, but he came out of that pocket and then ran for the first down. I, I mean, it's um, you know, I you can't compare people. You know, it's just really unfair. Everybody has their everybody has their their strengths and their weaknesses, whether any position you play. But I'm telling you, when you see quarterbacks that are able to do that, just the elusiveness of a Joe Burrow, of a Patrick 
McCombs, of a Lamar Jackson, um, of a Justin Herbert. You, you kind of want that. So when you see your man, uh, once again, like I said, carry double dutch in his backfield, and then just like the speed of just stuff sometimes. It's like, just move. Move, Jimmy. Move out the way. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's so fun and exciting to watch, but it's just sad when it's not on your team. I take that much. But uh, <laughs> Tina, also that uh, Rams, you know, the Rams stepped up their game once uh, Aaron Donald was over there on the sideline, and he was, you know, all in, in their faces, you know, telling you know they need to, you know, to do what they need to do because you know he wanted that ring. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes. I agree. Aaron was the inspiration. He truly was. He said they were not losing that game. That's what he said. And yeah. he did on his face, um, you know, when when they only scored three, um, when, when we got the ball back. And then I think they went like three and out. Uh, well, the, the three and out that they did uh, right at like nine minutes left um, in the fourth quarter, right before we could have got that interception. You just saw like this is, it wasn't defeat, but it was just like, man, we cannot go out like this. Uh, but he rallied his troops, and you know I'm not going to say that the Rams wanted it more than the 49ers did, but they outplayed us. They really did, and mm-hmm. they played like they wanted it more. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he he got out. Coach. That's that's what I can say. But um, but great game, so great game. And my 49ers, they you know we had a wonderful season when we were three and five. Uh, you know. You never would, I never would have thought we would have been in the NFC Championship game. I'm not going to lie to you. I just would have been happy with, the, uh, you know, 500 season. Um, but a shout-out to my 49ers. They fought, they clawed, they dug through injuries, um, through just uh, everything. And we did make it to uh, being underdogs, being counted out. You know, we made it to the NFC Championship game. And um, I'm, I'm so proud of my boys, so proud of them. But, um, yeah. Nobody remembers who came in second or third or fourth. That's just the problem. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I think we'll be. I think we'll, we'll be around for years to come. Let's just put it like that. All right, ladies. So I'll tell you what, we're going to end up into a quick break, and then on the outside of this, we are going to dive into it. Brian Flores, man, what a stand this man is making, and I cannot wait talk about um, the storyline right here. Let's go ahead and jump into a quick break, and then on the outside of it, we will be back to talk more sports. Right now, it is roll call time, though. Terry, are you with me? In the house. Hey, Lou. Ooh. Woo-hoo. Woo-woo. You, you. I'm here. All right now. It's <laughs> the triple threat in the house. Terry ain't Lou TJ. LL Sports 2. We'll be right back after the break. I'm gonna make a change for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the collar, my favorite winter coat. The kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them? 
No secret. Ladies love sports too with PJ. Oh, yes, they do. 347 826 7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. Little Michael Jackson for you there. The man in the mirror. Sometimes you have to look at yourself, and Lord knows America, they need to take a long, hard look in the mirror. 2022, we still going through the same issues. All right, Kahari Cross, thank you so much for tuning in to the show tonight. Kahari Dexter, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Dexter says, yes, we need another go-to receiver. I'd hate to see Debo go down. Exactly. Yeah, just overutilizing him entirely too much. Yvonne, what's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. Uh, Dexter says, that drop that drop should have been – why was it blocked? That's uh, that drop should have been picked. Interception is still haunting me. Haunting you. You know Tart is probably having nightmares right about now. Okay. All right. So, um, ladies, uh, oh, let me go to the phone lines here. Somebody wants to chime in. Dale, is that you tonight? <laughs> Maybe not. 601-446. Hey, Dale. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, what's on your mind? The 49ers disappointed Well, I really thought they really thought they had a, had a chance to win, win the game. Like you say, uh, Kyle Shanahan got conservative in the world, and then uh, I don't know Jimmy. I don't know. He just panicked. But one thing about Kyle Shanahan is that even when he was at Atlanta, when they made it to the uh, to the uh, Super Bowl, mm-hmm. he, 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 a period of the fourth quarter. I don't know if it's his mindset or his nerve, but he just gets so conservative. Mm. Yes, sir. And, and uh, on the brand thing that you talk about, 
this morning on CBS, and I, I agree with what he's doing, but I also feel like there should be coaches lined there in the NFL to back him. But I, I, I'm sure a lot of them going to back him because they fear the job. And the only thing that really they have him, <clears throat> that he has credit for is that when he went for the interview with the Giants, that uh, Belichick texted him and mm-hmm. told him that the other guy from Buffalo had already had the job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, it was a sham that they were saying for an interview. And I feel like it's the same thing we do for uh, coaches, especially a lot of black coaches. They brought me in for an interview just to say that they brought me in for an interview. That's all I got. Oh, come on, ladies. <laughs> thank you, Dale. Thank all right. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in, Dale. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. 347-866-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL42. Okay, I think my video got uh, blocked, so let's just try to do this again. I'm going to finish this one. And we're just going to try to go live again. Post. Live. Try to tag everybody. Hold on, y'all, one second. This dog on Facebook be getting on my nerves. I ain't going to lie. Hold on, ladies. And bam. All right, we're back. They blocked me again. That's why I didn't play uh, Michael too long because I had a feeling that they would try to do that. But in the words of Michael, leave me alone. Okay. Leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure that, that we make sure we got everybody on because this this topic I definitely want to talk about and get everyone's um, thoughts and opinions on. Okay, so uh, ladies, just to confirm, uh, you are aware of the storyline of former Michael um, Michael former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Brian Flores and his class action lawsuit that he has filed against the NFL and NFL owners? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. I heard that this All afternoon. Right. Okay, so let me just go over some um, key points here, some highlighted points before we get into the discussion. Um, so it is a 58-page lawsuit that was filed in Manhattan on Tuesday. It alleges discrimination in his head coaching interviews with the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, and in his firing with the Miami Dolphins. He alleges racism in hiring practices. So it's three teams in three teams specifically, but it's also uh, 29 teams that are also like um, included in the in the suit. He also alleges the Giants interviewed him for a head 
coaching job just to comply with the Rooney Rule. Says an in-person interview with the team was a sham, and he cited his text messages from Coach Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots. He alleges that then-GM John Elway and other executives arrived to an interview. This was back um, 2017, I believe. They um, uh, He alleges that they arrived to an interview late and hung over. He alleges that black coaches are terminated while less, while less successful white coaches are retained. Flores mistakenly, like I said, he received congratulatory texts from Bill Belichick that were intended for Brian uh, Daybol, who is now currently, he was hired as the New York Giants head coach, Brian Daybol is, uh, formerly of Tennessee. He alleges that the Giants had already decided on hiring Brian Daybol prior to his in-person interview. And now this is where it really just gets, um, this is kind of a separate incident, but it's still included in the lawsuit. He claims that the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, offered $100,000 for every loss incurred during the 2019 season to get a better draft position. Flores says in the suit that he was told by, he was told Ross was mad when the team won games late in the season. Also says that Ross pressured him into recruiting a prominent quarterback, and it's said to be um, Tom Brady because he was the suitor at the time. Um, everybody was, you know, trying to get Tom Brady. But he says that Ross pressured him into recruiting a prominent quarterback in violation of the NFL's rules on tampering, but Brian Flores refused. Says that it also included an attended setup meeting on Ross's yacht. So they're saying that there was a kind of a, uh, a setup where Ross had invited uh, Brian Flores on his yacht, but Brian Flores uh, in turn realized that this was a meeting where said prominent quarterback was supposed to be attending this meeting also, and then Brian Flores left when he found out what the intentions of owner um, uh, Stephen Ross was. So um, – Again, so uh, he refused to to violate the NFL's rules on tampering, and he also refused to be along with the setup with this meeting on the yacht. He also accused um, – oh, I'm sorry. After the Miami Dolphins fired Brian Flores, because remember, he was just fired this season, after back-to-back winning seasons in Miami, which was the first time uh, since – what I'll get to that – 1980. 88, I believe, but I have the number. I will get that um, get that for you. Oh, I'm sorry. This was Miami had consecutive winning seasons for the first time and from 1997 to 2003. Okay, but the but the um, Miami Dolphins they cited that there was um, difficulty in working with Flores and that he was non-compliant um, with the Miami Dolphins organization. That's what ultimately led to his firing. But I think now we're seeing the writing on the wall. Brian Flores, he was 24, 25, and three season. seasons as the Dolphins head coach. He went 10 and 6 in 2020, and he went 9 and 8 in 2021. Like I said, back to back consecutive winning seasons for the Dolphins. That was the first time since, the 19, since 1997 through 2000, 2003. He was also a Patriots assistant from 2008 to 2018. For the Giants, they had a quote. They said, um, we hired the individual we felt was most qualified to be our next head coach, end quote. The Miami Dolphins, they had a statement, uh, quote, 
We vehemently deny any allegations of racial discrimination and are proud of the diversity and inclusion throughout our organization. The implication that we acted in a manner inconsistent with the integrity of the game is incorrect, end quote. This is the one that really bothers me. Statement from the NFL. The NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations. Diversity is core to everything we do, and there are few issues on which our clubs and internal leadership team spend more and our internal leadership team spend more time. We will defend against these claims which are without merit. End quote. The league released that statement, I would have to say within thirty minutes of the story being broke that Flores was filing this class action lawsuit against the NFL. Within 30 minutes, you released this statement and you ended saying there is no merit to this 58-page lawsuit that he has filed. Um, you can talk about, um, you know, just your overall thoughts on the class action lawsuit being brought, but I also want you to incorporate, um, talk about the courage that it had to take for Brian Flores to take this stand. Um, Terry, we'll have you start that off. Um, I think it's, you know, it took a lot, a whole lot of courage for him, you know, to come forward with it. And I'm glad that he came forward with it um, because, I mean, racism been going on for Lord knows how long. And um, it continues to go on. It goes on in the school. It goes on, you know, and just, life itself, but for him to have the courage to to stand up before everyone and, uh, you know, announce this to make you go for this lawsuit, I think it's awesome. And, you know, I, I pray that his, all of his I's and dotted, his T's across, and I pray that he win a lawsuit because, I mean, it has to end somewhere. We just can't stand behind because we are afraid someone has you know, as they would say, have dirt on us or have something on us that they know something. You know, we really need our jobs. We have families to support. Um, we have people, you know, relying on us. So we just sit back in a corner sometime and say, okay, well, our hands are tied. No, our hands are not tied, especially those of us that we have God on our side. You know, God is going to be with us. He's going to help us get out of these things, you know, Um I'm just glad that he did, but that racism has been going on and on and on and on, and it continues to go on. But the more, you know, of us we stand up to the plate, then I think it's awesome. You know, but, you know, to fire someone when they've won back-to-back, that, that doesn't even make sense. You know, and why would you pay someone to have a team to lose so that you can get the best draft pick? Mm. That doesn't make sense. You don't you don't do that. What world do you do that in? Yeah. You don't do that. The logic behind it. it it just doesn't make sense. But the old old thing, just you know, the racism as far as you know that they will let a black coach go before they let a, a white coach go. Um, they can um, a white coach can do just about anything. They'll throw it under the rug. Mm-hmm. But black coaches or just black in general, they 
will find anything to write you up, to put a kid out of a school, anything. And so it has to be people like Brian to step up to the plate. We have to all come together as one. And I just pray that he wins this lawsuit. Tonight on LL Sports 2, I also did forget to mention that even in the midst of this um, lawsuit, Brian Flores, he is still being considered a candidate for head coaching positions with the Texans and the Saints. So as far as I, as far as reporting before we went on on air, I didn't hear that any of those have been either one of those have been retracted. So in the midst of still possibly, um, you know, being well being considered, but in the possibility of of landing a hiring uh, a head coaching position, he managed he managed to have the courage to still file this lawsuit that could potentially stop him from, you know, from being hired. And uh, with the implementation of the Rooney Rooney Rule, we now, there were three head coaches when the Rooney Rule was implemented. Uh, What was it, 2003, I believe. Like I said, there were three. Right now, today, 2022, there's only one lone black head coach in the league, Mike Tomlin, 15 seasons, Never had a losing season, um, and I, I agree with you, Terry. Uh, and and what Brian said, you know, black coaches they'll find a reason to get rid of you. White coaches they are recycled twenty four seven. You can have a losing record over here in Green Bay, and you'll be hired within three years over here in uh, in Tennessee. Had didn't win nothing, but white coaches get recycled faster than a, a, a water bottle. Um, Joe says they did that to Jim Harbaugh and hired Kyle Shanahan. Uh, let me see. That was, hold on, Aloo. I'm, I'm definitely going to get to you. Joe says they doing him like they did Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's what I thought I saw. Okay. Um, so, Aloo, what are your thoughts on uh, just the overall situation? And then again, I pose the question to you. Talk about the courage it's taken Brian to take this stand. Um, and I agree with Terry. Uh, uh, courage, uh, that's an understatement. The man, he has strength. And you know where he's coming from. It's got to be coming from God for you to stand. Because it's ob- obviously he's been crossing his eyes and dotting his, dotting his eyes and crossing his T's, you know, because he's got information and he has facts and stuff. Because <clears throat> that's what's in the whole looking court is facts. And whoever took his case must realize that he has a chance to win it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's time, you know, it, it, I hate to say this, but it's like, um, for us as black people to get compensated, a lot of times we have to sue, you know what I mean, just to get what's rightfully ours instead of you just letting us work and, and, and you know, and, and then paying us for our work because whatever we do, I mean, a black person that really likes to work and a hard worker, I mean, we're going to give our best. We're going to give a, not 100%, we're probably going to give like 110 or 120%. because that's what we do because we always with everyone else because of the color of our skin, you know, which is bad. But I'm so glad that God is exposing it, you know, uh, because, like I said, we know that there's there's racism going on in the NFL. Come on. But for us to have one black coach, you say, is it or two? Um, you know, uh, that, that that speaks for itself. But yet we got all these black players, you know. Don't we have a lot of black quarterbacks? Pardon me? 70% yep. of the league is black. Pardon me? I, yeah. I said 70% of the league is black. Yes, black, that's what I'm talking about, players. But I'm talking mm-hmm. about what about in administration or, you know, in the top 
positions and coaches and stuff as well as uh, quarterbacks. You don't have that many. So um, I'm saying that to say that uh, it's time to expose. Now, y'all, we can be in, we can play now and get out there and tackle and do everything and return and stuff, you know, while we have a white quarterback leading the team. But, you know, but we can't be an administration. We can't be a coach or we can't be a manager. You know, it's not that we can't, but they don't allow us to. Right. So uh, I'm I'm so happy that he's doing this, and I'm praying for exposure is good, and that's what what he's doing. He's exposing what's going on in the NFL. The good old boys uh, club is going – like you said, uh, um, uh, Terry was saying, well, who, where, where would they do this to try to uh, stop somebody from winning so that they can get a better draft pick? Where do, well, they do it in the good old boys world. That's where they do it at. And so uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to be praying that uh, God would vindicate him and he will get what, what he rightly deserves and that he won't be blackballed like, uh, you know, Cap, uh, Ka- uh, Kaepernick was, you know, but, you know, he deserves his, his just pay. Because you know the things that he suffered, you know, behind all this, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and it's, it's, and I just believe God is, is and he's turning the, he's turning the, uh, <laughs> the tides, the things are changing, and he's exposing, he's pulling the rug out from an, uh, uh, under a lot of stuff. Uh, the words the scripture says, "Be sure that your sin will find you out." Just a matter of time, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that's right. Three, four, seven, eight, two, six, mm-hmm. seven, nine. Two. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. And thank you, everybody, on the timeline for, for uh, the dialogue as well. You know, the one thing that I am so proud of is that Brian Flores is very transparent in what it is that he's trying to accomplish. Um, he knows the risk that he is taking about bringing this lawsuit to the, to the, to the forefront. He knows that it could possibly keep him out of the league that he loves so much. It could keep him of what he knows is his God-given talent, which is coaching. And what he wants is transparency. We are not trying to say that every head coaching job belongs to a black person because we know that there are equivalent white and black um, capable coaches to coach. He wants and deserves a fair shot. You cannot already have the position field and then – play with a person's time or emotions or whatever. Now, um, you know, it was reported, I don't know if you ladies knew this, but it was reported that there was already um, the the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were hiring their coach. They already had somebody in mind who's really already there. But they went ahead and interviewed Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin blew him out the water so bad that it was like, oh, this this really is the only choice. So if you haven't, if you Mm -hmm. have not already – you know, I guess, uh, agreed in principle or whatever with somebody. And you may have somebody in mind, but you'd be like, okay, well, let's just let's just go ahead and give this person a chance. I think that's something totally different than, all right, you done already told this person that they have the job because that's what Bill Belichick confirmed. He texted, um, I'm sorry, he, he texted Brian Flores, congratulations, you have the job. He just texted the wrong Brian. How does Bill Belichick know? And it was three days before Brian Flores was supposed to have this interview with the New York Giants. Wow. So you've already given the job. You've already said that this person has it, but you're still going to play along just so that you can be in compliance with the Rooney Rule? That is what is wrong. And what Brian Flores is trying to bring to the forefront is what is it that maybe black um, coaches or, or black interviewers 
What is it that maybe they're not doing to get these jobs? Be transparent. Is it something that they said in the interview? Is it something that they're not doing in the interview? What is it? Is it their background? Is it their, they're not? What is it that makes them not qualified? Because when you put two resumes up against each other and they seem to be pretty equal, what else can you base it on if it's not color? color. The main thing. Yes. Color. That is the main mm-hmm. thing why I am I am so happy that Brian Flores is bringing this lawsuit to the forefront because it's like, listen, we are all we already know we're behind the eight ball. Black men have to be the white person. I don't care. You can. That's just the truth. We have to be three times better in order to be equal to our white counterparts. That's America. And Brian Flores is saying, give us the respect, give us the information in order for us to be equal of what we deserve. Anybody asking for nothing? These men have earned the right to interview for these jobs. 20-plus years, Brian Flores has been in the league. You ask any of his players, anybody who has worked with him, he is a stand-up guy. But you, you, we say it all the time. You can be a good guy. You can be a stand-up person, but you're not good at your job. That doesn't mean that you should be able to keep it. But if you're a stand-up guy and you're good at your job, two back-to-back winning seasons in Miami. And now let's talk about this Stephen Ross situation. To imply that you want to lose games, not to imply, to outright say, I'll give you $100,000 to lose. Each game you lose, I'll give you $100,000 in order for us to obtain the number one draft pick. Now, I don't know about you, but that accusation, I would think you have to have concrete concrete, uh, concrete proof to bring that accusation to the forefront. Now, you might ask yourself, well, why is he just now bringing it out? Well, why do you think? The man was still trying to, he, he's trying to work in the NFL. But the fact that he's now putting this out there, that shows you the level of courage that this man is willing to show get everything out in the forefront. I think that is the most disrespectful thing that you can do. Because to me, that's Stephen Ross saying, hey boy, I'm going to throw this money at you for you to do what I need you to do. I'm going to give you 100000 I guess everybody thinks that black people are just going to jump, you know, uh, jump through a brick wall or, or, or jump off a cliff just for a few dollars. I'm going to give you $100,000 and you you lose. And then that way we can, so I can get, for my organization, to get a higher draft. You know how disrespectful that is? You think he's going to go against his morality? He's going to go against his own ethical being? What makes him who he is? Ever heard in my life. I bet you he wouldn't have come to a white coach and did that. Think about the players or team, the sacrifices they have made. You know what they put on the line each and every time they shoot up? Football is not a game that you can play with. You can end your career, you can end your life, a broken neck, a broken leg, to go out there and not give your all. If you want this man to be the leader of men and put them out there in harm's way for $100,000 a game? Mm. They don't realize, TJ, they don't realize we have it. We we are very ethical and we have morals. It, it, all of us are not, uh, you know, just just a shy and criminal. And you know, especially when you're serving God, you're gonna do the right thing regardless, even if it gets you in trouble. 
I mean, that is when when I I am like um uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm just I'm so upset. Um, he's on uh, Get Up. Um, I can't think of the middle company. But I'm like him. Uh, I'm more upset with this Stephen Ross, um, the accusation with the owner of Miami Dolphins, than I am with the coaching uh, situation, you know, of them pretending like he still had an opportunity to get the job. Because you are asking someone to just sell their soul for money. We know people do it all yeah, the time. Yeah, because they just think we're just that stupid. They think we're that stupid and we, you know, that we just, we would do anything for money, you yeah. know? Yeah. And um, I think that is the most egregious part of this whole lawsuit. But I'm going to put a pen in it right there because I have some more questions for you ladies. We're going to go ahead. We're going to jump into our last time. It will be time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, it will be time. Solution lyric right after the break. It is triple threat in the house. Terry ain't loose. He dates. LF42. We'll be right back after the break. Evening. Hey. 
Yes. Huh. A little backstabbers for you there. OJs, 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. But as I said before the break, the clock on the wall says that it is time. It is time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, it is time for Lucinda's lyrics. Oh, so, oh Miss Lucinda, what do you have on tap for us tonight? Now in your face, Beth Stavis. I love it. Good evening, LL Sports Team. Well, the NFL Conference Championship has ended, and both of my teams were suspended. In AFC News, the Bengals overpowered the Chiefs 27-24, stopping them from walking through the Super Bowl door. Casey had an 18-point lead, but the Bengals came back and caused them to bleed. Mahone was sacked four times and threw two interceptions. Burrow was sacked once and proved he was the weapon. They beat him in overtime. That field goal was on the dime. This was the first time in 33 years and the largest comeback. Those Bengals put on a serious second quarter attack. In the NFC bout, the 49ers were defeated by the Rams at home, 17 to 20. And Garoppolo didn't have the winning chromosome. They led up into the fourth quarter. But those Rams fought harder. Scoring 13 points in the fourth. And the 49ers scored zero. Cold as the North. Jay's 30-yard field goal was won the game. Causing the 49ers Super Bowl champ to go up in flames. Oh, hey, Lou. Boy. <laughs> had to write down. No, you didn't say winning chromosome. You better do it, girl. <laughs> you did that, hey, Lou. You said the winning chromosome. And I said, all right, now. That's my auntie. <laughs> I didn't say you didn't do it, girl. I didn't say you you better do it, Amy. Did, did, did you get that last thing going up in flames? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got to be my own sound effect. You hear me? I got to be my own sound effect. I heard. I heard. You, know, you, you could have left that little part out, but it's okay. I understand. <laughs> Ow! Awesome job, Amy. Awesome job. Well, you did that. You did that. All right, ladies. Um. So, yeah, so uh, getting back to um, our, our storyline here tonight, Brian Flores, he brings a 58-page lawsuit to, uh, against the NFL um, and their owners, um, you know, just citing um, racism in the hiring processes and then also uh, some just all-in-out foul brought about by the owner of the Miami Dolphins, um, Stephen Ross. So uh, my next question, ladies, I want you to, to, to um, answer for me. If found to be true, what punishment should Dolphins owner Stephen Ross receive? Ain't Lou, we'll have you tackle that first. Punishment, uh, uh, if he's found to be true from these allegations, Yes, about the hundred thousand um, dollar, you know, payoff to 
to throw, to, you know, to, to, to throw the uh, season, and then also mm-hmm. trying to tamper with the uh, NFL rules for trying to get Tom Brady um, on their roster. He should be kicked out of the NFL. Now, if there was a black person, he'd be kicked out. He'd be banned, and he probably would be arrested. But he should be kicked out, and he should be he should pay a fine. You know, and, and they should give a, a – so they can send a warning to anybody else that would try to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Terry, what do you think the punishment should be? I agree with Ms. Lucinda. If, you know, the allegation comes to be true, then he just needs to be kicked out of the NFL. And he, he does need to be fined because they fine everybody else for wrongdoing. So, but he does need to to be kicked out of the NFL. He should not All have right. no place. All right, and uh, everybody on the timeline, anybody listening in on the show, hit us up. Uh, you can hit us up three four seven eight two six seven nine two four, or please hit us up on the timeline with with your thoughts. Um, if found to be true, what punishment should Dolphins owner Stephen Ross receive? You know, I, one thing I love about this show is that we all have you know, our own opinions and everything, but, uh, and, and what makes it so good is, you know, when we disagree and we, you know, each bring to the table um, our reasoning for our thoughts, total agreement on this question right here. And I'm going to take it a step further. He needs to lose the organization. He needs to be kicked out of the NFL. And the Miami Dolphins need to be bought by a minority owner. No if, no and, no but. You shouldn't be able to just weep in another billionaire white owner. I think this is the time the NFL can and should make a statement. When these allegations, because I, I firmly believe that Brian Flores would not be bringing this to light if he could not substantiate these allegations. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't really care how he's going to do it. But I cannot wait for these allegations stated. And when they are, Stephen Ross, all family members, ancestors, predator, uh, what is it called, people, uh, descendants, anybody in the Ross family, they do not need to be able to own another franchise. I don't care if it's NFL, Major League, whatever it is. They need to take him, take his team, strip him of that. You can find him all you want to. I don't care, but I think losing the organization is going to be punishment enough for him. And they need to sell it to a minority owner. That is the only way they will save face in this situation. Ladies, what do you think about that? I think I like it that way. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love it. Me too, because uh, well, that's really sending us a, a, a signal right there. You know what I mean? And uh, above, I think somebody said he need to be put in jail. Because you know that is criminal activity. You know that, right? But, you know, uh, for some reason they always avoid the jail now. They might have to pay, but they don't usually have to spend any time. The only people spend time is the blacks and the Mexicans. Call the police. (laughs) (laughs) Call the police. Joe Mullins said put him in jail with Bubba. Yeah. (laughs) Not with Bubba. Yeah, with Bubba. But, um... But yes, I, I yeah, but you know, if that was one of us, we would be we would probably be spending some time doing some type of you know, imprisonment time. You know, mm-hmm. they would just send put us in jail. We we'd be going to we'd be in prison somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's um, I mean, and I would really like to poll the owners, the other thirty-one owners, because put it out there: Do you really think that he's the only owner that has ever thought about um, throwing a season to get a draft to get a high draft pick? Birds of a feather, no. Now I would like to think. No, I'm sure they're pretty. I'm sure there's plenty that's out mm-hmm. there thought about it. He just would want to just, you know, get caught up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really wish that they could poll, even if they did it anonymous, anonymously. Um, I would like for the other 31 owners to be polled to see what they think of the actions of Stephen Ross. Uh, I, I would hope that the majority of them, that this would be uh, like a – like they're just a fireable offense, that they wouldn't want uh, someone like that, of that character, to be amongst them, you know, uh, owning a uh, an NFL franchise. Uh, but, again, it I definitely uh, – I would be surprised if Stephen Ross was the only one who thought like that or who that was their mindset to, um, you know, just throw a season trying to, to obtain a, a high draft pick. And I don't know if a lot of people remember – but the Dolphins, they started out 1-7 this season and then won the last, uh, ended up, you know, win, winning uh, last eight, went 8-1 eight toward, towards the end of the season. So, again, uh, just a shout-out to Brian Flores sticking to his gun. Uh, you know, can you imagine how hostile of an environment that was to work in, knowing that you're going against, the, you know, the head of the organization and – how how hard they probably tried to make his his life there in Miami, um, but he still went out there. He still led those men, um, and that just shows the testament that those players have uh, respect and and loyalty. And well, I'm gonna say loyalty because I don't even know if they knew what was going on in the higher up of the organization. But just you know, he did Brian Flores, and he was still able to just rally that team and uh, get them to. You know, in 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 the system, in themselves, and in, in everything, and and still put out a, a wonderful product for the Miami Dolphins, beating the Patriots twice. You know, they're they're arch nemesis in their division, so um, that is a testament to Brian Flores, though, and his character. Um, that had to be hard to, to go to work every day um, at, at that organization. Again, most, ahead, and most times, you know, the uh, most time the players won't know you know, what's going on and higher mm-hmm. up unless, you know, they have a good relationship with the coach and the coach may, you know, you know, talk to them on the side about it or they overhear something. That's most of the time how they, they find out about it. But most of the time they won't know um, what's going on higher up. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which, I mean, they, you know, they probably shouldn't because you know, what you don't want is, you know, to, to – to... Get morale down, you know, in in a locker room. Sure. Uh, one thing, if you just don't have the talent like Jacksonville, or if you just have, you know, just problem after problem like they did with the Raiders, just, you know, like every time you turn around, there was just a different story hitting them. But uh, but yeah, again, just, I tip my hat to Brian Flores. This had to be the past couple of seasons. Like I said, this was 2019 when this was uh, pro, uh, when he was uh, pro- approached with with this proposition. All right, and so uh, again. So he filed the lawsuit in Manhattan on yesterday, and the reason that it was filed in New York is because he now has the opportunity, or he had the opportunity to make this a class action lawsuit 
by making it a class action, and that means others can come and join in on the lawsuit and join in, you know, with their um, experiences and um, incidences that they, the black coaches, um, can, can talk about their experiences. And it doesn't have to be black coaches, you know. And I think in order for this to gain steam or to really have an impact, I think there are going to have to be white coaches, players, higher up that are willing to jump in this fight with Brian Flores. I kind of equate it to the um, social injustice that happened with the death of George Floyd. Black people have been marching since the beginning of time. But it wasn't until white America stepped in, finally were willing to open their eyes, because I believe they knew they it wasn't bothering them. It wasn't affecting them. But when they began to open their eyes and were vocal about this has to stop, that is really when the movement happened. But I do believe that there are going to have to be this white counterpart part to join in with this too. But I want to pose this question to you, ladies, because we know what all he's putting on the line. He's putting his NFL career on the line by filing this lawsuit. How disappointing will it be if no one joins in in the class action lawsuit with Brian? Um, Terry, let's have you start that one. It would be it would be devastating to me if no one, you know, joined in. You know, because you know there's others out there that's aware of what's going on. Maybe not just in this situation, but you know, um, throughout history of NFL. You know, and like you said, it's going to have to be white counterparts that step in as well, you know, whether it's coaches, whether it's the team players, you know, they're going to have to step up to the plate, just like, you know, with the Black Lives Matter. You know, Mm -hmm. the whites came together with the blacks. It wasn't about, you know, color. We all just came in together and marched, you know, and said that this has got to stop. So that's what's going to have to happen here. Okay, three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. Ain't Lou? How disappointing will it be if no one joins him in this class action lawsuit? It will be very disappointing. I agree with Miss Miss Terry. Mrs. Terry, um, I uh, you know, I just pray that they get a boldness. You know what I mean? Because that's the problem. I mean, I don't. Like I say, we have to fight for everything. Nothing comes easy. And so, yeah, you're going to be blackballed and, you know, ostracized from certain people. Well, who cares? You know what? We only live one life. And the only person I would be trying to please at this point in my life, if I was them, is God. And if he's not pleased, then, you know, forget about the other people. So, you know, people turn on you in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, we we are once, in, uh, once again in agreement. And, you know, it's to blackball one person, you know, but if you have multiple, five, six, seven, ten, fifteen individuals that can co-sign and can show proof of blatant racism going on, uh, we know it's been going on. I mean, let, let's be real. Why did why did the Rooney Rule? have to be implemented in the first place. <laughs> Let's just 
call it what it is. It just, they just didn't do it out of the kindness of their heart. You know, black coaches have been getting the raw. How and why do we know that? Because there has yet to be a black owner in the NFL. And nothing's going to change until that changes. But how it's so hurtful. It's, it's so hurtful to keep having to go through this over and over and over, you know, racism. It's like it's a, a never-ending process, you know. And one minute everything it seems like is, is going well, everybody's coming together, and then, you know, Satan steps in. It's just a matter of, okay, well, everything, we painted this picture, it looks so good, but look over here, you know, and everything just starts to filter back up. Just back up, and we start racism all over again. You know, it's like when will it end? And I often, when it comes to racism and things like this, you know, I think of my grandson, my grandsons, what what they have to, you know, face, what they have to deal with throughout life. You know, they can have the same job, or we just like we have the same job as a white person, and then they're going to pay them more. Job title is the same. You doing the same thing, not doing no more than you know. They're doing, you know, same thing with scholarships, you know. It's a when will it end? Hmm. That's a million-dollar question, Terry. When will it end? Um, hey, Lou, did I hear you chime in? Something you want to add? No, I'm just, I, I agree with, with uh, Terry. You know, uh, you would think that we would be some bitter people and, uh, you know, angry because we never got our 40 acres in a mule. You don't have to give me 40 acres. Give me about five or ten. The mule, you can get whatever the mule is worth. Just give me the mule. I don't need to. I mean, give me the money, you know, instead. We don't ask for much, you know what I mean? But we still smiling and we still trying to treat people right and do the right thing, even in the midst of us being mistreated. We some great people, y'all. I am what? so proud to be black. You hear me? We are some yes, great are. people. Amen. Uh-huh. Resilient with a capital R. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Still we ride. Yes. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. So, again, we know that this is just the beginning um, of the story. Um, we will definitely stay on top of it. Um, I just, I just pray that whatever Brian Flores, what whatever it is that he is trying to get out of this action by, by doing this, I hope it is fulfilled. You know, I I hope that he receives either the justice, satisfaction, the uh, I don't even think it's about compensation. You know, he says he wants change. He wants to see change in the NFL. And so I pray that I hope, I pray that the catalyst that hopefully can get this started. We're tired. We're tired of having to revisit this. Um, it's not going away. And like I said, we knew about the hiring practices. Um, you know, again, that's why the Rooney Rule was implemented because black black coaches weren't getting the same um, opportunities uh, of the higher or the better coaching jobs um, that weren't given, you know, those opportunities. But now you add insult to injury where you have an owner who is trying to manipulate um, a human being, you know, by throwing money at him, 
to go against everything that um, that he stands for. So we shall see. We shall see uh, how this comes out. Uh, well, we do know that um, there have been what four or five coaching hires um, since what last week, um, and of course, none of them are black. Uh, the Denver Broncos they hired Nathaniel Hackett. Chicago Bears they hired Mac Eberflum. Giants they hired uh, former former Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable, and Las Vegas Raiders they hired former Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. Um, also took the Patriots director of player personnel Dave Ziegler to be their new GM. So one out of no sorry one two three four out of the one two three four five six seven coaching vacancies um, have been filled, and they have been filled by white coaches. Recycling, once again. How many times have we heard Josh McDaniel? Uh, well, he was a head coach for a good hot minute. Um, but, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. 347-826-7924, that is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. Um uh, let's see, ladies. I really don't want to get into. Well, I guess we can, and then where where we don't uh, pick up off. Um, Tom Brady. He has finally released a statement saying that he is hanging up his fleet after twenty twenty two seasons. Um, released a uh, statement on what Instagram and Facebook. Thanks everybody and their mama except for the New England Patriots. Hey, it ain't so. Tom, what's going on, Tommy? But, yeah, uh, he is no longer going to, well, he actually did not use the words retire. He um, he was not going to uh, commit himself, uh, what was the word he used, commit himself uh, competitively anymore. That's what he said. But we all know the writing on the wall. So Brady, 44, is going to retire after 22 seasons, 20 with the Patriots, 2 with the Bucks. Led the NFL in passing touchdowns, 43, and passing yards, 5,316 this season alone. 15-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time NFL MVP. Um, he, he, did thank the, he, he did thank the Patriots after Robert Kraft released the statement. Uh, but, again, in his statement, he did not um, thank the Patriots or Robert Kraft. But, uh, ladies. Can you believe it? No NFL without Tom Brady. This will no longer see Tom Brady. What do you think of deciding to hang up the fleet twenty two seasons? Ain't Lou, what have you that off? I I can believe it. I just looking at him getting sacked as much as he did and I loved every second of it. Um yeah, he's probably you don't they don't sit in line about it. Let's be real. What transparency is my brother saying? Let's be transparent. Yeah, because they've been protecting him and shielding him, and, you know, he just hadn't been getting sacked. So for him to get sacked as much as he did, and, you know, the, he didn't want everything that can be worn, you know, almost. You know what I mean? He said it every record, so it's going to take anybody a long time to get caught up with him, you know. So it's time for him to move on and, you know, don't get hurt. Um, you know, he's smart enough to realize that he don't need to be out there trying to compete with those young folks, especially at 40 or or over 40. Yeah. Okay. 347-826-7924. That's the number to call to talk to the ladies. You are so right. Um, 
I, I was referring to the coaches that were fired. So the vacancies due to Coach Shipwreck, the Saints head coach, uh, their their vacancy is still open, has yet to be filled as well. Thank you for um, for uh, mentioning that. All right. But yes, I'm sorry. I was referring to the coaches that were that were fired. Terry, um, an NFL without Tom Brady. Miss, Lu- Miss Lucinda put it all in a nutshell. You know, it's time for Brady. It's time for him to go on. And, you know, like we figured, if he didn't win, you know, the championship with the Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl that he was going to retire anyway. He just didn't want mm-hmm. to come out and say it in so many words. But um, yeah. it's it's time for him to go. He done won everything that, you know, mm-hmm. could possibly won. So it's just it's just time for him to go. Like I was going to say, he got sacked enough times in the past, uh, this year along with last year. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's time for him to pack his bags and Shuffle out. Oh, Lord. Just go ahead and put him out the pasture. Oh, Tom Brady. Put him yeah. out. Put him out the pasture. Put him out. What do you think about him deciding after this season? You know, do you think it would have been better for him to go out on top, you know, kind of like pull a, a Jerome Bettis, win the Super Bowl, and then ride off into the sunset? That's probably been a better thing for him, but, you know, he I just believe, he just don't have it. He he just don't have it anymore. I mean, he done pushed and pushed and pushed until he, you know, made it this far. So he just finally just throwing the towel that, you know, it's time for me to go. It, it's time for him to go. Yeah. And maybe, TJ, the reason why he didn't say that he, quote, unquote, is retiring because Maybe he might try to make a comeback down the road, you know. But, you know, I just hope – I don't understand why they don't start sacking these quarterbacks. If Wilson ain't got sacked as much as he has, other people need to get sacked. I mean, I didn't realize Mahomes got it four times in this in this game because, like I said, I didn't see it. And that boy never goes down. You know what I mean? But uh, they starting to sack the quarterback. There ain't nothing wrong with that. It, it sure messes them up when they're trying to throw and it, it gets in their head. Yeah, unless you Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went down nine times in that divisional matchup, and he came back swinging. He said, yeah, right, he's, a young, he's a young bug, girl. He can fall <laughs> down and bump his head and wake up and run and school because, you know, he's only, what, 23 or something. He's a baby. So oh. he's like, <laughs> I love that kid, though. I love that kid. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Lisa says, TJ, 22 years retiring in 2022. That's a good point, maybe.
So um, I think what now I'm I'm eight and four. Ain't Lou, you are seven and five. Janelle is six and six. You at five hundred, and Terry, you are at five and seven. So yeah, mm-hmm. we oh both all right. four of us oh and two. God doggone it, forty nine. You could have, but you know, hey, it was some good games. Well, what, TJ, you spoke it in there. You said, hey, there ain't no teammate. They ain't never done this. I came back and beat somebody three times. You kind of spoke it into the atmosphere. So you should have voted against your boys because, uh, and then with me, I, the thing was I should have voted against them because I was going to go with the 49ers. You know, uh-huh. uh, but, but but like I say, the Bengals, I, I, was, I, I wasn't going to go with them, but I just felt like, what if that young kid uh, just, just pull it off? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I was just hoping that we could, that we could overcome that. You know, I knew that, I knew we could, but I knew it was going to be really hard to do. It's just a hard feat three times in, in one season. Terry, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to go. I started to go for the Bengals, but it seemed like every time I go for the Bengals, they end up losing. And when I, I don't go for them, then they win. You know, talk about it. Every time. Every time in the regular season when yep. I went for them, they would lose. Yeah, me too. And let's be real. I mean, Bengals going in two arrowheads. But Joe, uh, Joe Cool, I, I I cannot count him out. I, I I will not be able to count him out any longer. He has he has stamped himself in the NFL. He is a force to be reckoned with going forward. They are going to be fun to watch. The Cincinnati Bengals. Book it. Book it. All right, and on that note, y'all, this show. <laughs> that is a wrap. So we will go ahead with shout outs and Terry, you are up first. Tina, we're not gonna do our we're not gonna do the pick for the Super Bowl music. The Super Bowl is a week from Sunday. Oh Lord, she 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 making us suffer this year. <laughs> okay. We gotta write. Well let me give my shout out. <laughs> to God be the glory. I love you, ladies. Janelle, 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 I miss you. I pray all is well with you. Um, Miss Lucinda, you did an outstanding job as always. Um, Tina, thank you for the dialogue. You have had an excellent show tonight. Not that it's not always. You just rise and shine. Give God the glory. I love you. Be blessed. Wow. Love you right back, Carrie. Thank you so much. Hey, Lou. Shout out to the outhouse. Let me stop. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to say, wherever Janelle is at. <laughs> Not the outhouse. Oh, no. <laughs> I just want to say, Miss Terry, I mean, Janelle, wherever you are, we miss you, baby doll. Yes, and I have not been picking on you. And you see how, how I did TJ tonight. I didn't pick on her too much either because I know she was in a lot of pain. Uh, and we're going to have to give her some, some uh, Vicks vapor rug, rub or something. But anyway, uh, I will come on back, girl. Hopefully you'll be back next week. Uh, Miss Terry, I love you. You just, it's just, I'm so glad you, you brought in the, the triple uh, threat because, you know, I was going to be here with TJ to death do a part. You heard me. I so said it. And, uh, And I just want to, uh, oh, give a a happy birthday shout out. February the 7th will be my grandma, TJ's great grandma, 109th birthday. If she had to live, my mama baby would be 109. 
on the 7th of February. Happy birthday, my bae. I love you. I love you. I love you. And uh, TJ, I just want to say that I love you so much. Uh, you, you maintain well tonight. You started out a little, little sad there. You're a little dry, but you picked it up, baby. You know, I'm so proud of you. You know, we we got to we got to experience the agony of defeat as well as the thrill of victory. And who knows that better than Aunt Lou? Because Lord knows my team was horrible this year. So, uh, but I just want you to know that I love you. And <laughs> keep on doing what you're doing and just, you know, bringing in everything you do with the show and the lineup and just everything. Girl, you're just wonderful. And I thank God for you. Keep on growing Amen. in the things of God. I love you. Amen. <laughs> thank you, A. Lou. I love you, right? Ladies, thank you so much. And, um, again, dialogue was excellent tonight. So uh, I thank you um, for you know, your thoughts, your opinions, your insights, um, always, uh, you know, with, with the um, serious and I don't want to say uh, tough topics, but um, I, just, I just love the dialogue that um, that we all bring to the show. So, again, thank you, ladies, for your insight. So we'll be back next week. Until then, God willing, y'all be blessed, all right? You as well. Goodbye, ladies. Oh. Bye now. Bye. Eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. So let's see your Wednesday Wikipedia for February the second. Uh, in 1876, the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs, known as the National League, they were formed in New York. The teams were located in Boston, Chicago, Cincinnati, Hartford, Louisville, New York, Philadelphia, and St. Louis. And then in 1967, the American Basketball Association was formed by representatives of the NBA. All right. So that is your Wednesday Wikipedia for February the 2nd. Uh, birthday shout-outs today. Christy Brinkley, she turns 68. Shakira turns 45, the singer. And Farrah Fawcett, we lost her in 2009. She would have celebrated a birthday today. All right. So great, um, of course, shout-out to everybody on the timeline. Thank you all so much for tuning into the show. Shout-out to Marlon. Shout-out to Ronbo of Ronbo Sports. Shout-out to the Chambers brothers, Marvin and Harold Chambers. Shout-out to Aunt Lou for bringing the strength once again. She did that. She said uh, winning chromosomes. She, I'm telling you, that, that lyricist right there. <laughs> Awesome job, Aunt Lou, and, of course, to Terry for uh, rounding out the triple threat tonight. We missed you, Janelle. We definitely did. Um, but wonderful show tonight, ladies, as always. Shout-out to my daddy, Lawrence Jackson. Shout-out to my brother, D'Angelo Jackson. I love you, fellas. Thank you for all of your support. And last but by no means least, to my mom, Miss Denise Green. Thank you, Mommy, for all that you do, holding down the timeline, um, all of the posts, all of the love, all of the effort, all of the sacrifices. I love you, and I thank you. All right, y'all? So that is going to do it for the show tonight. We will be back, God willing, next Wednesday, 8 p.m., 347-826-7924 is the number to call. And Lou mentioned it, um, you know, my my demeanor uh, was a bit probably uh, stoic. I was, um, but it wasn't that I was down. It had nothing to do with the game, honestly. Uh, it is this Brian Flores situation, and it's just the constant reminder no matter how far you think we've come, we are always reminded that there are people out there with a mindset that is never going to change. Um, 1966, Muhammad Ali, stripped of his boxing title after being found guilty of draft evasion. In 1964, he renounced his slave name, changed his name because of his utter disgust 
with America, changing it uh, from Cassius Clay uh, to Muhammad Ali. That was in 1964. But in 1966, stripped of his boxing title after being found guilty of draft evasion. We talked about it. 2016, Colin Kaepernick kneeled during a preseason game that season in protest of racial injustice. 2017, after becoming a free agent, he remained unsigned, and in November of 2017, filed a grievance against the NFL and owners, accusing them of colluding to keep him out of the league. See the pattern? Back in 1966, dealing with this. And now in 2022, Brian Flores bringing a class action lawsuit against the NFL, and now on top of that, the owner, uh, Stephen Ross and the allegations of trying to pay him off to throw games. Brian Flores said this quote, I understand that I may be risking coaching the game I love by filing this lawsuit. God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my personal goal. End quote. Here we are, y'all, still in 2022, constantly being reminded of how far this country has not come. It's such a threat. And why? White America, I mean, I I just have to call it like I see it. If you would open your eyes, not all white people, don't get me wrong. I know it's not all. But it is enough. There are enough of them in the positions that they hold to keep us in the, in the platform, in the positions, in the mindset that we are still dealing with this type of racism. How long? Will it ever change? Will we be able to get those people with that mindset out of these positions in order to finally, finally have equal ground? Black, white, Hispanic, honestly, I'm really concerned about the African-American, because for far too long, we have been robbed. We have been kicked down, knelt on, discriminated against, disrespected for far too long. We deserve a right at the table, equal position. You're so threatened, white America. But like we did in 1966, like we did in 1866, and we will continue to do it in 2022 and far beyond. We shall rise. We shall conquer. And we always win. I'm TJ, and that's my motivational moment. Until next time, be good to others. Be good to yourselves. But most of all, y'all be blessed. Bye-bye.